to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Is there a link between toxins and the development of fibroids in the uterus? And if so, will a detox help shrink your fibroids? We're going to talk about this and so much more in today's episode of the Wild Wisdom Show, hosted by a medical doctor with a different spin on women's health. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Mills, and I love taking complicated science and breaking it down into easy to understand information and actionable strategies you can start implementing right away for immediate results. And today we're going to be talking about fibroids and toxins and will a detox help my fibroid. Now to put this into context, as many as 70 to 80% of women will develop a uterine fibroid in their lifetime. And while this is considered to be a benign tumor, the most common tumor found in the gynecological system, so uterus, uh, ovaries, breast, it is considered to be benign in that it won't spread and cause death. However, it can cause bleeding and pain and problems with infertility, uh, leading to women to search for solutions. And often they are offered options like medications and even surgery. And while those may be uh, helpful and necessary at times, it is important to know what are all of the natural strategies that you can um, you know, look into and undertake in order to optimize your fibroid stop it from growing, and hopefully even shrink it or prevent it in the first place. Over the last few episodes, I've talked about the importance of diet and how it influences the uh, hormone production within the fibroid itself and how to change your diet to decrease fibroid size. I've also talked about supplements that you can use. And today we're going to talk about toxins that you are probably being exposed to as we speak and what you can do about it. I will never give you a problem without a solution. Now, is there actually a problem? Is there a link between toxins and the formation of fibroids? And the answer is yes. The endocrine society itself acknowledges that there is a link between endocrine disrupting chemicals found in our environment and uterine fibroids. So if you're joining me live, please feel free to put in your questions. I will do my best to answer them. And I look forward to seeing you. And I see there is someone here. Hi. Hello, Facebook user. You can put in your name if you'd like me to give you a personal shout out. So thank you for joining me today. What we're going to talk about next is what is an endocrine disrupting chemical? So this is a name and the short form for it is DDCs that is given to chemicals that are known to disrupt the production of hormones in our body, in humans. And of course, this happens in other animals, but today we're talking about humans in particular. And so they are chemicals 
that either look so much like our own hormones that they act like hormones in our body. And the things you have to, the thing you have to know about this is that the level of hormones in our body like estrogen, progesterone and testosterone, while we can measure them in the blood, they are existing in very small amounts. So they are not in high amounts in the body. So when you're saying, well, there's only a little bit of these endocrine disrupting chemicals coming into my body from the environment, from things like my makeup, the reality is that a little bit matters when it comes to hormones because they already exist in our body in such small amounts that adding small amounts can make a big difference. And that is what the research is showing. So the ones that look like our hormones can upset our hormone balance. And then there are ones that interfere with the production of our hormones. So phthalates are a very uh, well-known endocrine disrupting chemical, and they actually go to our ovaries and change the way that our ovaries work and the way that they produce our hormones in a negative way. So these are the endocrine disrupting chemicals that are present um, in our water and in our food supply and in our makeup, in our body care products, in our detergents that we are being exposed to day in and day out. And there is something we can do about this when we become aware of this problem. And research has shown that these are also found in pesticides. So if you are eating non-organic foods, you are increasing your risk of exposing yourself to these endocrine disrupting chemicals. They are found in industrial solvents and lubricants and their byproducts. So bisphenol A, which are fine, you know, found in that clear plastic that was being used to make water bottles. So if you're drinking water out of a plastic water bottle uh, or heating your food up in plastic containers in the microwave, for example, you are exposing yourself to a chemical that can mess with your hormone production and your hormone balance. And unfortunately, many if not most of our cosmetics, our body lotions, our sunscreens, shampoos, conditioners, they all have what are called plasticizers and a common known one is a phthalate and phthalates have been most definitely linked to problems with our hormonal system. So interestingly, research that has been done on this and the thing is you have to know the words to look for the research. So if you uh, go into PubMed, which is a online um, collection of almost all of the research that has been performed around the world, and that's what researchers use to look up this information, and you type in endocrine disrupting chemical and fibroids, you will get a number of research articles showing that there is a link and that the endocrine disrupting chemicals and mercury, so the heavy metal mercury appears to be the most problematic for uterine fibroids, which is very interesting, actually, because mercury, unfortunately, is coming into us through various different sources. One of the biggest exposures are, is coal burning. So when coal is burnt, it can be, the mercury can be released into the air and we can breathe it in or it can be uh, you know, incorporated into rain and then the rain comes down gets incorporated into our food and we take that in. And also mercury containing amalgam. So the silver fillings, um, the ones that look like silver in the mouth, they actually contain mercury. And research shows 
that we do expose ourselves to mercury from those fillings, particularly when we are chewing food. And it creates a vapor that we inhale and it gets into our bodies. Now, not to worry, I'm going to teach you how to get rid of things like the EDCs and mercury. And it is important to know in the first place that this is something that you do have to pay attention to. And I wanted to share with you a study that looks at this exact issue. And this was from a very large study that was done in the US. And they specifically tested women for 10 chemicals that included endocrine disrupting chemicals and mercury and other heavy metals. And this was the study that showed that these EDCs and mercury were the most problematic and most linked to women having fibroids. So this is really important information to know because if you want to naturally reduce your fibroids or prevent fibroids from happening, you do want to take uh, steps towards um, minimizing your exposure to these toxins and then detoxifying them. So the first step is to minimize your exposure. So how can you do that? Well, with water, you may want to have a water filtration system in your home because unfortunately, these endocrine disrupting chemicals are coming into our water despite the, fil the filtration system. And so having something like a carbon filter or a reverse osmosis system is useful. I personally think the carbon filter is sufficient. Um, reverse osmosis can remove a lot of the healthy minerals from our water. So if you have that, you do want to be adding minerals back into your drinking water. Um, and also decreasing your mercury exposure. Uh, if you're going to get fillings or if you have children that are going to get fillings, choose the porcelain option. Do not use the silver fillings to minimize your mercury exposure. That is very important. Obviously, it's very difficult to avoid uh, mercury coming from coal burning plants in the air and in the food, but you can choose organic foods uh, and look at the um, dirty dozen and clean 15 lists that are put out every year. The dirty dozen are the foods with the most pesticides. You want to avoid buying those non-organic. And the clean 15 are the ones with the least pesticides and you can save your money and buy those uh, non-organic if that's what you want to do for a from a financial perspective. And then of course, being very attentive to what you put on your skin through your cosmetics, uh, through your body lotions, even detergents in the home have been found to have these endocrine disrupting chemicals. So if you're washing your clothes in these detergents or washing your dishes, it really pays off in the long term to look at the quality of these ingredients. And if you go to ewg.org, um, that's the Environmental Working Group, they have a wonderful database of home care products and cosmetics that are on the safer side for use. And you might be surprised to find that your expensive um, cosmetic is actually not one that you want to use for health uh, and that the detergent. Uh, or dish cleaning uh, tablets that you're using for your dishwasher for your dishes can actually be contributing to hormone imbalance. So definitely take the time to look into that. It is well worth it, I assure you. So then step number two is to consider a targeted gentle detox. Now, you may say, well, <clears throat> do we really need this? Isn't our body already detoxifying? And the answer is, Thankfully, yes, our body is able to detoxify 
these products from our environment. However, there is evidence to suggest that we are being overwhelmed by the sheer volume of these chemicals and heavy metals, and our body is no longer able to fully detoxify them. Also, some of these endocrine disrupting chemicals, they are called fat-loving chemicals. They love to hang out in our fat. And so those chemicals are really hard for our body to detoxify because in order for the body to detoxify it, it needs to pull those chemicals out of the fat and then transform them into water-loving chemicals. And that transformation happens in the liver. And that's so that those chemicals can be excreted through your pee, through your sweat, through your poop. So you need to have a very, very optimally working liver. And we know that a lot of things are burdening our liver these days. Age slows down the liver, alcohol, medications that we commonly use like Tylenol, anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen, let alone prescription medications. So it does, in my opinion, help uh, to pay off in detoxifying uh, these agents and supporting the liver during this detoxification process. And then you might be asking, well, who should consider a detoxification? And in my opinion, it's women who are planning on having a baby and women who have fibroids. Now, why women who are planning on having a baby? Because what the research shows is that when the baby is developing in the womb, in the uterus, that is a time when exposure to these chemicals affects their future risk of problems like fibroids, endometriosis, breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. So to protect your future baby from an increased risk of developing these issues, it would be worthwhile, in my opinion, considering doing a gentle detoxification in addition to the avoidance principles I just covered. And this is something you want to do before you get pregnant. You do not want to do a detoxification protocol while you are pregnant. You risk detoxifying into the baby. So that is not what you want. Now, while you are pregnant, if you have toxins in you, the toxins are going into the baby. We know that. But you don't want to increase that from happening with a detoxification protocol. And this is why if you want to have a baby that is really healthy and has a great chance at a super healthy life in the future, you may want to consider doing a gentle detoxification. Research is showing that when they take the cord blood from the um, from the baby just as it's born, that there's uh, over 200 chemicals that have been identified in that cord blood. So if you're asking me, is it really necessary? I would say there's no research showing that a detoxification before getting pregnant helps. That would be a very interesting study to do. However, I don't think anyone will ever do that. It would be very complicated. In my opinion, it is worth looking into as a matter of risk reduction for your baby in the future. And it also has the added benefit of helping you. And the nice thing is that when you do a gentle, safe detoxification, there's a, it's really a no harm done approach in that you won't have any risks from the detoxification, but you may have lots of benefits. So let's look into how you would wanna do a safe, gentle, targeted detoxification. And basically what you wanna look at is optimizing your sweat, your pee, and your poop, because that's how the body 
gets a lot, if not all, of its toxins out. And what's very fascinating about this is that there was a specific study called the Blood, Urine, and Sweat Study, or the BUS study, where they uh, took 10 healthy individuals and 10 individuals with health problems, and they analyzed the sweat, the blood, and the urine level of various toxins. And what they found was that the body is constantly detoxifying. They found toxins in everyone, including the healthy participants, blood, urine, and sweat. And the body appears to most optimally detoxify through the sweat. So it appears as though our sweating is super important for detoxification. So you want to do everything you can to increase your sweating. So that might look like exercising, or that might look like going into a sauna, or both. I know that some people have a hard time with exercising because of joint problems, perhaps age, perhaps problems with energy levels. And the good news is that uh, a sauna that promotes sweating, and that could be a dry sauna or an infrared sauna, those appear to be the best ways to promote sweating and increasing the detoxification of these toxins, particularly the endocrine disrupting chemicals, not so much the mercury. We'll talk about that uh, later at the very end. I'm going to teach you about a very specific gentle supplement that can help with mercury detoxification. But for those EDCs that you find in your cosmetics and uh, in your drinking water and in your foods, uh, the sweating through an exercise or sauna would be really important. Uh, I would recommend at least 30 minutes twice a week in a sauna. And you don't want to overdo it either. You want to make sure that your hydration is really optimal when you're going into a sauna. And then the second detoxification pathway is through your pee. And so that is really important because a lot of us are not drinking enough water. We're drinking a lot of um, non-water beverages like caffeine through coffee, um, you know, even certain teas, kombuchas, wine, um, you know, um, milk, products that contain milk. Really what you want is to make sure you're drinking enough clean, filtered, mineralized water through the day. And a, a general estimate is two and a half liters a day. It does depend on body weight, but that's just a really good target to aim for. And making sure you're hydrating enough through the day will help flush out those toxins from the system. The third portal of exit of toxins from your body is your poop. And the thing to know about pooping is that most people are constipated in that they are not having at least one large good bowel movement a day. If you're having anything less than one large good bowel movement a day, you are by definition constipated in that you are not getting enough bowel movements out to protect your body from these toxins. The longer that the poop sits in your body, the longer there is time for your body to reabsorb the toxins that your liver just put a lot of effort into getting rid of. So the way that your body detoxifies these endocrine disrupting chemicals is that it sends it to the liver and then the liver transforms those toxins in from fat-loving toxins into water-loving toxins, 
puts those into the bile and the bile goes into the gallbladder. And when you eat that, that gallbladder contracts, the bile then gets dumped into your uh, gut. It mixes with your poop. It does a lot of other things, but one of the things it does is the toxins that were in it then get mixed into the poop and then you poop them out. But if you're constipated or the poop is staying in you for more than about 24, 36 hours, that toxin starts to be reabsorbed into your body. And now your liver has to do all of that work all over again. And so you really want to support your liver by making sure that you are pooping enough. And so in addition to pooping enough, you may need to take some supplements like magnesium citrate, which is a magnesium that is not well absorbed into the body, which you want for pooping purposes. You want that magnesium to stay in your gut and pull some water out of your body into the gut and promote the poop leaving your body. So it kind of flushes that poop out. So if you are constipated, not having at least one good bowel movement a day, ideally even two to four well-formed bowel movements a day, we're not talking about diarrhea, it's well-formed like a sausage-shaped kind of bowel movement a day, and you may need to use some magnesium citrate uh, in order to get that good bowel movement happening. Now, we talked about mercury being one that's a little bit different in terms of detoxification. And the good thing to know is that there is a supplement that has been studied, and it was actually studied in a group of individuals that did have mercury amalgams, so the silver fillings that have mercury in them, and the researchers gave them chlorella. Chlorella is uh, an algae. It's very safe and gentle to take. And you want the broken cell wall chlorella. And in the notes, I will put in a link for a um, protocol that you can look into for the kind of chlorella that I recommend. You want it to be third-party tested so that the chlorella doesn't have any contaminants um, itself, bringing them into your body. You want a nice, clean chlorella. And if you take that, research shows that it does actually help pull um, heavy metals like mercury and even aluminum into your body. And the cool thing is that chlorella has many minerals itself, healthy minerals, and your body absorbs and keeps those healthy minerals. So it's like a double win situation. The thing that I found with the people that I've worked with is that um, some individuals, when they take chlorella, they start to experience a little bit of diarrhea. And that's either going to be due to an intolerance to chlorella, let's say like a food intolerance, or it could actually be a detoxification effect where your body is getting rid of the mercury and that's causing a little bit of diarrhea while it is detoxifying the mercury. So if you're finding that that's happening and you're having a hard time taking chlorella and you have a history of mercury exposure, you're concerned about mercury in your body, this would be a good time to hook up um, and connect with a local functional medicine doctor or naturopathic doctor with experience in supporting mercury detoxification um, to help you sort out which one of these could be the potential problem. So in summary, and if you're watching live, joining me live, thanks again for joining me. This is a great time to start typing in your questions in case there's anything that you would like to know. So in summary, there is a link between fibroid and toxins, and it looks like there's two times of exposure that increase our risk. 
One is when we are developing in utero in our mother's womb. And the second is as we are growing and um, forming our uterus and even over time. So at any point in time in our life, we can be exposed to these endocrine disrupting chemicals and heavy metals like mercury that have been shown to increase our risk of developing and growing fibroids. And in my opinion, there is enough evidence in the research to support the concept that a gentle targeted detoxification could be helpful for both women who are planning on having a healthy baby, and this is to protect the baby from a future risk of having problems with things like fibroids, and for women who currently have a fibroid. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and I look forward to seeing you next week for the next week's live show, Wild Wisdom, where we're going to be covering more on fibroids and particularly the link between fibroid and stress. I have a question from a Facebook user saying, will chlorella help to remove or reduce excess copper? Now, that's a really great question. I have not seen research on that. It does not mean it doesn't exist. It's simply something that I wasn't um, looking for or I didn't see in that particular, particular study that I mentioned. One thing that can help um, reduce copper is zinc. So zinc is a mineral that um, has a complex interplay with copper. And the more zinc we have, the more copper that's excreted. That can be good and bad. If you have too much zinc, your copper can go too low. But if you're someone who's worried about excess of copper, then you may want to look into zinc supplementation. And zinc, 15 milligrams a day, is considered to be a safe level at which you don't have to worry about dipping your copper too low. Um, and if you're working to get rid of excess copper with zinc, again, I would recommend uh, teaming up with a functional medicine doctor, a naturopathic doctor, or um, an environmental, expo you know, environmental doctor trained in environmental medicine um, to look into a copper detoxification. So thank you so much for your wonderful question. And I look forward to seeing you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please save, share and subscribe. Sharing is caring. And we want to make sure that as many women benefit from this kind of wild wisdom. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical profession. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. 
If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. Thank you.